Hello and welcome to Sick Transit Gloria. I'm Anna. I'm Sabina. We are talking about Notre Dame. As you might remember, if you were following the news or have um, alerts turned on on your phone. Um, or like watch any type of news, read any type of news. Talk to other people. people. <laughs> interact with the world around you. You might have heard about Notre Dame catching on fire. Which kind of like made the heart of the world skip a beat for about an afternoon. Yeah, I think. Did you text me first or did I text you first about it? I think you texted me. I think I texted you. I was in a coffee shop um, before I went to work, um, and I, the woman who was sitting across from me looked up at me, and she was like, oh my god, Notre Dame. And I was like, what? And so then I checked my phone, and I was like, wow, that that's crazy. Because for a while, we thought that the whole thing was just going to burn down forever, which is, I think, where like all of the anxiety came from that people were feeling. For sure. I don't think I personally ever thought that. But uh, when I saw it, I was like, how did this happen? Who let this happen? They, and they don't totally know still. They think it was like an electrical fire or something from the work that was going on. The wood that made up like that wooden part of it that was called the forest, it was from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Like, So it was super dry and really susceptible to that sort of thing. So it seems pretty reasonable to me that it was an accident. Yeah, and when I was looking into the reasons why, because of course, myself, I'm never like, oh, okay, this is happening. I'm like, why is this happening? Someone had been looking into the structure of the cathedral for years and has been saying for years that it is so susceptible to just collapsing or burning down. And you can see that pieces of it are like falling off. And I was wondering, Anna, if you saw any signs of like demolition or destruction when you were there. Nothing that I noticed. I didn't have an eye out for that, really. I don't think most people do. <laughs> no, no, but that would have been interesting to to have paid attention to. But no, while I was there, I was really kind of just a little bit bothered by all the tourists and um, kind of just walking around and sort of feeling the space. I'm sure they contribute to the fact that it's so run down now. Probably. That's, there's how a lot can, of bodies that move through there. How can such an old space hold so much of that? Yeah, and it is a wicked old space. But I think the reason why we wanted to do an episode about this was because of how all the things that this has sort of made us think about, like it has to do with what this show is about. You know, the show is Sick Transit Gloria. It's about things that were and aren't anymore, things that change, things that exist and then don't. So that's kind of why we're talking about it today. I think a lot of our show is about transience and the fleeting nature of things and kind of how you deal with that as a person who has interacted with that space and had memories and kind of this feeling of nostalgia. I mean, Anna, you studied abroad in Paris and that building meant so much to you that you did an entire like episode about it. Yeah, no, I, it is like actually kind of the heart of the city and it has been the heart of the city for me um, and my experience of it, like it was, it was the first landmark I ever went to the very first time I visited Paris. Um, and 
when I was there my freshman year. Um, the NYU Paris campus is really, really close by. I saw it every single day once I went up in the bell towers with a friend of mine. Um, so kind of all of my memories of the city are also centered in this landmark. Um, so it's a place that holds a lot for me personally. And I think for a lot of a lot of people is kind of similar in that way. What you mentioned about transience, I think, is like really key because, you know, Notre Dame existed for 850 years before this fire. I think a little more than 850 years. And like it is in that time, it had survived so many things like it survived uh, two world wars. It survived plagues. It survived the French Revolution. And so I think we tend to think that things that have existed for that long and through that amount of stuff are just going to continue to exist into perpetuity. You know, my friend texted me when this was happening, when the cathedral was on fire, and she was so, so sad because she was like, I've been to Paris, but I never went inside. I assumed that I could just go back one day. Same. Exact same, actually. <laughs> and it was just like a reminder that everything is ephemeral. And sometimes ephemerality can kind of just strike really suddenly. I think a lot of this show makes me think about, I mean, the purpose of the show is to keep these stories alive, right? But I always hear people say, oh, even if it's not there, well, like, you know, the spirit will still be alive. But I don't think that's true. I think once something goes away, the community that it built is completely, or maybe not completely erased, but it, it, it is erased with it. And I think when the cathedrals was starting to burn down as the as the center of Parisian culture and like the one place that the, all the tourists are like, oh, let's go take our selfie sticks in there. When it was like burning down, that's like a major icon. And for that to disappear is major. And for me, that was something to remember because I'm the type of person that I'm like, OK, well, this happened. We move on. But I think that was important for me to remember that people people are being affected by this. This is going to have a lasting impact. And for it to be reconstructed, and we can talk more about that, it's not going to be the same. No, it's not. And I think that with something that has been through so much time and has sort of represented so much culture, like it is a symbol. And I think that that is what is important. And I, I think that when it was on fire, I think what people were feeling was that vulnerability of a symbol being erased in a way or like it, it lost kind of what tied that symbol to reality I don't know like the thing that stood for so many other things all of the things that it stands for are still there they still exist in our feelings and our thoughts and our cultures but when that symbol is gone there is something that goes with it for sure I find it frustrating that um the way that this is being I don't know. I don't know. I'm I look at Twitter and it's like if you had put your money not into the cathedral and into Flint, where would we be? <laughs> yeah, actually, what's the number now? Is it like 900 million dollars? I think it's like a billion. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It I think it just goes to show like if we care about something or if people care about something that they will put their money where their mouth is. But it also happens to be a thing that a lot of western wealthy people care about exactly which is why the exactly. money raising has been effective in that way which makes me like I, I was of the belief like oh we just don't have money 
like people just don't have money for things. That is not true. People just don't want to put the money towards other things. So it was a good lesson for me to learn. Just to like sort of continue this this thought about um, contextualizing this a little bit and about, I don't know, the destruction of symbols. Um, the other thing that I sort of was thinking about was how there are a lot of really ancient and really, really valuable cultural symbols, cultural icons um, all over the world that are destroyed without us really thinking about it or caring about it or not that they're not thought about or cared about but that sort of the media that um, we're exposed to don't care about it in the way that they did care about Notre Dame like we didn't get alerts on, or I didn't get an alert on my phone about Sri Lanka Easter weekend I think it's so damn I mean I did but I think it's so damaging that you didn't because discrimination and hate towards Christians in South Asia is not known and not talked about and happens all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like to add to that, um, there were a bunch of Buddhist statues that were destroyed by the Taliban in Afghanistan in 2001. I was just looking at that because <laughs> I had learned about it in uh, AP US history in high school. And that's something I never forgot. The thing that I heard being reported about was that there are now people who are working to put them back together. And I think that that is, like, beautiful and tragic at the same time. For sure. We were talking about all the donations that were going to Notre Dame, but after all of that sort of happened, um, a lot of donations started going to those churches, those historically black churches that um, were recently burned in Louisiana. So that was just another interesting thing, you know, that it it wasn't until after that happened to Notre Dame that, or that those churches started getting donations. Yeah, that, yeah. I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> and by saying nothing, you have a lot to I, say. <laughs> yeah, that, yep. <laughs> I also wanted to bring in, I was discussing in a class recently in the news that there's a church in New York, I can actually probably find it, that is housing undocumented immigrants because ICE cannot go into a church and um, take someone into custody, but they can go into schools. They can go into other places. So there, there's this family of mixed documented status so that the daughter goes to school she is documented and the mother isn't and i don't know if you've also seen this that now uh, families of mixed status are being deported but ice cannot go in there so this family is literally living in the church and the entire community around them is um, kind of providing like food and and taking care of the kid helping to take care of the kid and it makes me think about the church's sanctuary and I think I was also watching this thing earlier today about I mean we just had the 20th anniversary of Columbine are what places and spaces are safe for us anymore like the like schools like churches these are places that we we think of as kind of like these grand institutions that provide a sanctuary but what what is that anymore (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like what places are safe and what places are sacred. I think that that, that plays a lot into it as well. Um, but those are questions that I I really don't know the answer to. We also just watched history, which I think is always really interesting. I don't, you read about history and you're like, I wonder what it was like to live through that. And now we're living through so many in- insane things. I'm just going to like, when I have kids, I'm going to be like, I lived through that. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, no, we are. I think we're constantly witnessing history, but sometimes it takes certain things to remind us of that. 
And that's know. definitely one of those things. Yeah. Everything is constantly changing. Always. You know, things are coming, things are going. What do you think is the value of holding on to those things? And how much do you think we need to let go? I think we should always be ready to let go. I think that there is a lot to be learned from the things from the past that we do have. But I also think that when it's time for things to go, it's time for things to go. I was thinking about this when the cathedral was burning. And it would have been really sad if it burned down. It's not to say that it's not sad when things go. And while it would have been really, really sad if it had burned down, it would have it would have been gone. You know, it was then. Why do we need it now, too? That That's kind of how I think about it. This, things are going to change all the time. You have to, like, be able to let go. But also, you are allowed and entitled to kind of appreciating them for what they were. And that's why we do this podcast. That is why we do this podcast. And that's why we asked, um, we put out a little call for people to send us voice memos of themselves talking a bit about Notre Dame and maybe some memories or thoughts that they had. Um, so we are going to close out this episode with a couple of those. I was in the cathedral listening to this music, looking at this incredible stained glass and hearing acoustics that are really so specific to European churches. And I just felt so grateful to be able to witness something tied to such a legacy of artistic elegance and just human achievement. And so when I found out today about the fire, I it felt as though someone I knew was dying. And I interacted with it to such a limited extent. Of course, as literally every single other person who's connected to the cathedral, I was hit with this wave of memories. Notre Dame kind of punctuated a lot of my life growing up in the sense that I spent almost every summer um, visiting it at least once, if not three or four times, because my family lived really nearby. All of this, like, under the shadow of this cathedral that, in some senses, doesn't exist anymore as it did before, but is certainly not completely gone, neither in my memories nor, nor in its physical sense. So, yeah. This has been Sick Transit Gloria and 89.1 FM WNYU. I'm Anna. I'm Sabina. Thanks for listening. <laughs>